right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here along with Michael Swede, and this is Bloodlines, February 5th, 2023. Greetings to you all. And uh, But we have to start out with some bad news. Uh, but first of all, let me double-check. Are you with us, Michael, to make sure everything yes, is... Uh... I'm, I'm with you all. Okay, very good. All right, so, <laughs> folks... Uh, Paul English has had a relapse. I reported a couple of weeks ago that he had an operation. His gallbladder had burst and that he was released from the hospital and sent home to recuperate. However, things have gone wrong. Apparently, the original operation was botched, and now he's had to go back in for more surgery. And from what I hear, you know, gallbladder, to have your gallbladder stone block your gallbladder is like the most painful thing in the world. I guess kidney stones are just as bad. So uh, he's going to need our prayers. Yeah, absolutely, Nimble Horse. Uh, prayers for Paul. Father Yahweh, please intervene on behalf of Paul English. He is one of the biggest fighters for your world order, for your spiritual order for a Christian identity and for the white race. We need him to continue his work here at Eurofolk Radio and Speak Free Radio. He has been in the forefront of promoting the Christian identity message for the last 10 years and more. Even before he was uh, familiar with identity, he was preaching that the white people need to unify against the perfidious ones, (laughs) who we all know who they are. And uh, he is, comes from an economic background and has been teaching you know, the evils of the Federal Reserve Bank and the fractional reserve banking system. So please, Father, intervene with him, for him, in this operation, which I think he's enduring right now as we speak. So please have your protective angels there with him so that this operation does not get botched again. In the name of your son, Yahshua, amen. Amen. So, Okay, so that's the situation with Paul English, and uh, uh, I can imagine his concerns having to go back after a botched surgery. That's that's why I don't want to go under the knife ever. You know, I've had uh, knee operations and hernia operations. That's that's minimal stuff, right? But when they go inside and start uh, messing with your organs, that's a completely different situation. And uh, he is going to need divine intervention. There's no doubt about it. So, okay, so your prayers would be appreciated. Paul English in London. So, uh, and make sure that those doctors, and you all know what doctors really are today, right? They're agents of the Jew world order. And he knows that too. So he needs your prayers desperately. So please, uh, every passing moment, pray for Paul English, all right? Okay. All right. Uh, Michael Swede, have you got any, it's been a while. Uh, have you got any updates for us on, on your uh, end? Well, I still doing my, my work with um, getting the truth about, well, I finding books that try to produce and read. So we get it out to the people because we are, we are Yahweh's um, truth soldiers. We are his digital soldiers. We have all been raised up for his work to kill and debauch all the lies that exist. That's, I believe, why I'm here and why you're here, because that is the weapon we're given now. It is, the, it is yeah. this media platforms we are using now to conquer or to attack our enemies. So we have to keep on doing it. That is my, 
I believe that's the one of the reasons why I'm here. Then I don't know all the reasons, but yeah. one of the reasons yeah. is to do this, to do battle with yeah. evil, wherever you may find it. Yeah. And then also, as I can comment on, as you now said, if you look at those doctors, well, doctors today are basically human robots. They have to right? follow the procedure, otherwise they get kicked out. And that is very typical. Also in Sweden, because here, how many doctors do you have had in Sweden that's uh, objected to the COVID nonsense? Maybe one or two. Tells right. you something about uh, uh, you had one, Mikael Nordfors. He's not in Sweden anymore because he has been. They have been kicked him out, and they and he started to treat people with certain special uh, tr- special way. They, they start to call him the anal doctor because of his. So he's been. Yeah, and he is, uh, as they say also, the Swedes are among the most robotized people you can find on Earth. Yeah, they're they're in a cashless society, right? They've already got the cashless society in your country. Yes, yes, and no objection, and they just go ahead with it because they are objects. They don't want to stick out. Yeah, what's the expression you have for dumb people? Blue-eyed robots? (laughs) Something like that? Yeah, <laughs> they're robots now, so they are. They are. They are I mean, yeah, zombies. Yeah, like, they don't come yeah. for them. He won't come for them. Yeah, because they've uh, yeah. turned their souls over to the devil, right? Yeah, they've allowed themselves to be deceived. Okay. Well, here, just yeah. be- because this is really an important subject, and I don't know when else to schedule this, but let me just quickly. I just put in the chat room, usawatchdog.com, At least one billion dead or disabled. From the COVID-19 bioweapon, Dr. Betsy Eads. I'll just read a little bit of it here because uh, this is really important. With Paul English in mind, uh, and even with myself in mind, because when my wife was being treated for uh, you know, blood cancer, uh, that and she was wheeled home in, a, in one of those hospital beds, there's no doubt in my mind I caught it from either my wife who... Uh, who was accepting treatment, they probably gave her the COVID-19 shot. I had no way of knowing whether it it happened or not because they were not forthcoming with that type of information. But then there were all these medical personnel running around our home, you know, and I had to help them set up the medical bed and, you know, dismantle our uh, bed in the master bedroom. And, uh, you know, so I came in contact with those people, you know, assisting them. And so I'm, I'm sure I got shut upon, and that's how I got COVID twice, because there's more than one spike protein involved. So here it says uh, by by Greg Hunter, and the uh, article is about Dr. Betsy Eads, COVID-19 bioweapon vax truth warrior Dr. Betsy Eads has been warning of a tsunami of vaccine deaths coming in the next two years. Now, we've already had excess deaths this year since the COVID injections have started taking place. I don't know if the numbers are accurate. Who knows You know how many people have really taken the jab and how many people have actually died, right? But Dr. Betsy Eads uh, is predicting there's going to be way more deaths. I'm just going to scroll down to the second paragraph here. Uh, okay, uh, she's uh, last couple of sentences of the first paragraph. There are over 7,000 a day in America with death and disability a day. This is incredible. You have to, you know, if that's the case, then the mortuaries have to be overwhelmed with dead people, unless they're just throwing the bodies into the incinerator, you know, at the, you know, talk about a Holocaust, folks, right? 
Another ominous fact is the vax can shed some of the CV-19 bioweapon poison onto people who are unvaxxed. This is called shedding or transmission. Eads explains it's really not shedding, it's really transmission or transfection of spike proteins. The spike protein is made up of, well, a virus, which is to me simply dead, but nevertheless poisonous stuff floating around in your body. It has HIV and the glycospike protein. It can be shed from the nose or mouth and by skin-on-skin contact. And that's been well documented by Dr. Ryan Cole and Dr. Peter McCullough. It is documented there is no endpoint right now to stop the creation of the spike protein in the vaxxed. Okay? So, our warning, as we have been repeating here now for the last three years, don't get the shot. Okay? Do I, am I, am I coming across loud and clear, Michael? Don't get the shot. Maybe you're a bit, bit too, would you yeah. say, you're not clear enough. I don't know. Not clear enough, okay. Think, no, I don't know. Are you, are you very clear enough now to say, don't take the shot, don't yeah. take the shot? Uh, do yeah. we have to be more clear than that? I don't yeah. know. Right. Maybe we are unclear in this point. But also, I want to add something that I, uh, I think you also found that out, Ila, that um, she has written a list here that is called Dr. Betsy and Eads Detox. Okay. And another oh. detox has been found out also clinical is egg yolks. And really? that is why yeah, and that is why the the price on eggs is is rocketing and why you're ah. finding fake eggs because egg yolks are one of the remedies to and that will I don't know, it messes with the mRNA technology and the spike uh-huh. proteins. Right. Well one good thing for me of I've always eaten eggs uh, for breakfast. Not so much anymore because I'm trying to control my my diet, but I have never throughout my life, I've never messed with fake uh, fake butter. I've always eaten real butter and I've always eaten eggs because I never believed the cholesterol nonsense. That was just another medical scare. So you get, what what do they call it? Uh, uh, Egg beaters, right? Which is fake eggs, right? (laughs) Now... There's something called FEGS, ladies and gentlemen, FEGS, F-E-G-G-S, which have fake yolks in them, Michael, fake yolks. It's just, it's just coming out now, so be careful about buying store-bought eggs. And even people who raise their own chickens are finding that their chickens won't lay Probably because of chemtrail stuff that uh, poisons the, you know, even if they're yard-fed chickens, they're probably uh, eating uh, chemtrail poison, right? So it's a massive operation against us, the white race, because we're the ones they want to kill. They can easily manipulate the others, but they want to kill us because we, they know we are their real opposition. Uh, over to you, Michael. Yeah, exactly. The white Caucasian heterosexual men. Yeah, All right, the other ones yeah. are and women. They are not men. No <laughs> right, yeah. They are, you know, those greedy ones only love right. money. They're not their enemy really because they only care about their money and stuff. Yeah. They won't do anything. Yeah. They are too and this is I think it's more the middle class and the the lower echelon that uh, that my my experience because we are always close to the poor. And those are the ones that understand and see it. The other one they are 
they don't see it because they have a, have it all, you know, all the stuff, all the toys, all the women's. Would they care? Probably not. Yes. So the, they're selling these fake yolk eggs called they're called fegs, F for fake, obviously, and uh, you really have they the yolk doesn't easily break like a real egg does. There, there's something uh, wrong. <laughs> there's something really wrong. Fake eggs with bad yolks. You can go online, and uh, there's really not too much info on the internet just yet about these. But you can type in fake eggs with bad yolks, all right, and then find out more about it. But, yeah, so uh, in that article, so let me go back to it because what you just said is very important, that uh, here are the treatments that she recommends, okay? Uh, Where is it? Oh, yeah, okay, uh, blah, 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 blah. All right, here it is. Here is the good news. Dr. Eads and other top doctors have developed treatments that can remove the spike proteins and dramatically lessen the effects of the COVID-19 bioweapon. There is no cure, but the top three treatments Dr. Eads recommends are ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and chlorine dioxide. And of course, you should use those sporadically because these are you know and under the you know auspices of you know, not a medical doctor because you can, how can you trust the medical doctor maybe you can find uh what's called a uh, uh an alternative doctor who's also an md and get his but otherwise if you're really sick from this stuff you have no choice but to, to treat yourself and so hydroxychloroquine which is probably the most easily obtainable is uh you know it's what uh, Paul English said uh, the uh, the British soldiers use quinine quinine water they just uh, that's where hydroxychloroquine is quinine all right that's all it is quinine and so you can drink quinine water and uh, you know probably get you know really good results and of course chlorine dioxide is the product by Doctor oh, what's his name now Kalker. Dr. Kalker from Germany, and you can go online, just Skype his name, Dr. Kalker, and he can instruct you how to make chlorine dioxide yourself because that's what you have to do, although they sell a product that comes in a bottle. And so so she recommends these things. Eads and other doctors have several other very helpful treatments as well, with more being developed all the time. Dr. Eads talks about them in this one hour and two minute in-depth interview. So uh, I encourage you all to follow through on this, especially if you have a friend or loved one who is suffering from the effects of the shot. Okay, we've been warning them. They wouldn't listen. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, but isn't it also how it's supposed to be in the end times? Because few, few there are that will, that has... um, the what to say to have the courage because right um it is takes courage to find out the truth to Amen. dig everywhere it is that is the true that is this now digital soldiers that we have to be in soulish are courageous aren't they we have to be courageous and well because we have yahweh with us what do they say touch touch not my anointed one do my prophets no harm so there's there's nothing we have to just keep on yes 
So, go so, oh, yeah, good with Amish. <laughs> right. Well, I think even Amish are finding that their eggs aren't developing properly because there's definitely something in the chemtrails that's making it, you know, and, and even with, with the pesticide problem, you have all the farmers using pesticides and, far, and Amish don't use pesticides, but they're spraying it from the air. So you almost have to have a covered a greenhouse and, you know, to make sure that your soil isn't uh, full of all kinds of pesticides and, uh, and uh, chemtrails. Okay. So they're, they're pulling out all, all the shots, everything they can use to destroy us. They're doing it to us right now, folks. If this isn't the great tribulation, I don't know what is. Okay. All right. So, for, uh, so Michael, has anybody you know of who has been raptured yet? What rapture? No, <laughs> no, that is a, that's a fake doctrine. That's right, right. So, I mean, all these people—how many of these people who believe in the rapture have taken the shot? Probably ninety-nine point nine percent. Yeah, 100%. yeah, because they trust they trust the government, right? They trust the government, and it's uh, rather than trusting in this gospel, right? So here we are, folks. The, the, this, uh, the pedal to the metal <laughs> where the rubber meets the road everything is happening right now just as prophesied yeah well yeah Yahweh's immune system but you need to assist your immune system by not poisoning yourself alright that's basically all we've been saying here You stop poisoning yourself with big pharma with industrial food etc 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 okay uh, I don't know what more advice we can give than that, all right? And this, uh, as I said also, Eli, this poisoning is something that our most of the people does voluntarily because Satan doesn't force them. Yes. He doesn't force them. You say, okay, I give some, some very soft uh, blackmail. Uh, you can't travel. You can't do that. Take it. Oh, to see how strongly they were. Oh, I have to travel. Okay, yeah, yeah, That's right. how easy I got you. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, or every... My, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure they have chemtrails in Sweden, too. I mean, every yeah. other day I go out and look up in the sky, and there's chemtrails all over the place. Same here. Yeah, okay. It's a global strategy against the white race, especially those whites who are also Christians. But Nimblehorse uh, quotes Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of Yahweh, and their righteousness is of me, saith Yahweh. Again, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. But the the uh, quid pro quo is we have to be righteous. We have to obey His laws. In Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight, where it says the the uh, alien that is within thee shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. Who might that be, Michael? Who might that alien within us be, right? Do Qatarian <laughs> Jews sometimes? Right, yeah, right, exactly. So, and of course, that means the Rothschilds and their fractional reserve banking system that our people have submitted to, right? They have submitted to, and none of their pastors, outside of identity, I don't know of any Christian denomination 
that teaches about the fractional reserve banking system and the eighth beast. None of them. All right. So anyway, uh, I believe that's about where we're at in the document. Where did we leave off? Because uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, so why don't you uh, take us to the place where we left off, Michael? I will. And I also want to comment. If they did teach the stuff we teach, then they are like us. We are outcasts. We are hated. We are the most hated one upon earth, I think. So that's right. Yeah, they wouldn't have any money. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And their 501c3, they would have to abandon 501c3. Okay. Yeah, they won't do that. No, they, they won't, won't do, do that. that. Yeah, they're too hungry for the bucks, right? It's either it's either uh, Yahweh or bucks, <laughs> right? That's that's the that's the choice they have to make, and many of them have made the wrong choice, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now I guess we have to we should continue with this article that you've written about the millennialism and. I'm on, I've written out a PDF on this one, and I'm on page 7. It doesn't tell us much, but it's basically not really half of the article, but almost. Right. So Okay, uh, heading, okay. what's the heading? The heading is, let's continue with Revelations 20. Okay. And what, what's the heading there? Uh, uh, I'm sorting out uh-huh. the language. Yeah, sorting out the language. Sorting out the language. Okay, very good. All right, over to you. Yes, okay. that's that's Let's, about uh, nearly half of the way through, as you said. Okay. Yeah, but All I can right. start off from the heading, sorting out the language. Should we start yeah. with a good start here? Okay. So, note first that the subject of the first three verses of chapter twenty is the dragon, which is which is identified as the devil and Satan. This is not the same as the beast or the false prophet. The dragon is a spiritual entity which lives continuously throughout the entire book of Revelation narrative, while the eighth beast and false prophets are earthly institutions that developed during the latter days. While it is certainly true that Satan has his earthly representatives, it must be remembered that Satan is a spiritual entity, not a banking syndicate or a collection of religious denominations. Yeah, and that's the uh, banking syndicate is the eighth beast, and the false prophet is all false religion, right? I mean, and boy, do we have false Christianity today. All right. Oh, my goodness, yeah. false people. Yeah. Everything yeah. is false. Right. Everything up and down. Okay, so let's continue with Revelation 24. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witnesses of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the sixth beast. Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon his forehead, or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Question, yes. why is it at a sixth beast here? Well, because uh, the Roman, the Holy Roman Empire, the Roman Catholic Church, had a version of uh, this, uh, this prophecy already in place. It was called the Interdict. Okay, so, uh, which, uh, here, just read the next uh, sentence here. The sixth beast was Rome, which had placed the mark of excommunication upon those who refused to do business with this beast. And papal Rome was the reigning beast during the Reformation, 
verse 4 is describing the sixth beast and the Reformation. But it's still uh, the, the eighth beast, namely the international Jew, is using Rome and the Roman Catholic Church to keep this interdict going, right? And uh, it says here, people, people were being beheaded at this time for their faith in Yahshua Messiah. Well, what do you think the Jews have in store for us with these uh, polyethylene caskets and the guillotine? What do they think? The, what do you think they have in store for us? It's just a continuation of this practice of the Roman uh, Holy Roman Empire. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't read the next uh, verse here, the one, as you said, the sixth piece was Rome, but I also believe this is for today. Yes. Because when I read when I read this one, had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received the mark upon his foreheads or in their hands. I believe that is also what this, this image for me is television or social media, whatever right. kind of platforms they use. The, the flat screens is owned by them. Yes, so absolutely. That is for me. This yeah. worship of them because we don't we don't bow down we don't uh, we don't acquiesce to their their BS. Yeah. So then, so, yeah, they they I would say, um, and then yeah. also this receive the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. Yes. And I have a little short video that shows that people that start taking the vax, if they are what to say, if you scan them with an infrared camera, it will show up in their foreheads uh-huh. and in their arms. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and it affects your third eye, the pitu- uh, sorry, the pineal gland, which is your sixth sense, actually, which connects you to the spiritual world. And a lot of the vaccinated people have reported that they simply seem to have lost their connection with God, right? That's what they're reporting. Well, the vax that are shot is designed to gravitate right to your pineal gland. Yeah, okay. exactly. That is yeah. said about this nanoparticles is doing they are going toward this uh, um, the third eye as i say but also also read that that past research and i think that tit took this shot they had dreams vivid dreams example one past three dream that satan came up beside him and hug him uh, right now you're mine <laughs> right oh, i don't want to i want to hug satan like that in dreams oh my goodness <laughs> no those those are dreams those are nightmares michael <laughs> nightmares yeah, yeah. right nightmares. yeah and a yeah. lot of people have reported such things you know that so, somehow Darkness has overcome them. Well, that's because it's deliberate. The mRNA vaccine or shot is designed to take over your immune system and uh, make you basically a walking cesspool of disease. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it, right? So uh, I guess the best way to put this, the Revelation 20 is talking about the interdict of the Roman Catholic Church and we're, there's a new form of interdict today, folks. It's called COVID-19, right? It's called COVID. It's more subtle than the mark of excommunication, but it's here again. The eighth beast has revived it. That's what I'm trying to say. Back to you. Maybe uh, just start that paragraph over. And, uh, and because it does say, that the, the, the I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And that's what was happening uh, by the Roman Catholic Church before the Reformation and actually during the Reformation. 
And yeah, before the Reformation, the Roman Catholic Church was murdering the people who would not go along with the Catholic version of Christianity. Okay, and I'm hes- even hesitant to call it Christianity because it was so evil. Back to you, Michael. Okay, so I read four and I read all now. Yes. From the beginning. Um, and I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witnesses of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And I just now took away six, but they also have the sixth beast. And here is yes. the description of the sixth beast. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, I should have said sixth and eighth beast because Napoleon was not so much involved with the interdict, okay? But the sixth and eighth beast definitely are. Okay, back to you. That would fit probably my perception a bit because I got to be the only six, but as I said, yeah. sixth and eighth, that is the one you should be there. Exactly, so, yes. Okay, please continue. Uh, the sixth beast was Rome, which had placed the mark of excommunication upon those who refused to do businesses with the beast. The papal Rome was the reignating beast. Reigning, the the, the reigning beast, yes. At the time, at the time, yes. Okay. Verse 4 is describing the sixth beast and the Reformation. So the Protestant reformers, saints, lived during this long period, even though many of them were beheaded for their beliefs. It was these reformers who had the true Christian faith, Everyone else was spiritually dead. That's right. All right. So those of us who have the true Christian faith today, we're fighting against the eighth beast, which has reinstituted this mark, (laughs) the mark of excommunication, but now they're injecting it into our bodies. Right? Now they're injecting it. So the battleground is inside our bodies, folks. Okay? Who'd have thunk it? that uh, this battleground would be in a, inside of our bodies. But that is what's happening today. Okay? So, yeah, re- read the next two verses, because, and then, uh, from, because I wrote this, what, 12 or more years ago, right? And a lot has happened since then, which would change a little bit my perspective. But uh, please continue. So, um, verses 5 on to 6. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years are finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath path part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be a priest of God and of Christ. And shall reign with him a thousand years. Okay, so with respect to Revelation thirteen seventeen, it says, Whoever takes the mark of the beast... Will, will not get into the kingdom, right? Now, of course, uh, we have made a distinction previously that those who take it willingly, who are part of the beast system, they're condemned. I don't see any way out for them. They're going to die in their sin. Those who have been tricked into taking it may have a way out, as we just reported. There is ivermectin, there's hydroxychloroquine, and there's chlorine dioxide, which may mitigate the effects of what not well maybe those who have taken the shot but the ones who have taken it willingly 
believe in the system. They're part of the eighth beast, and they're not inclined to be Christians, right? They're dead. They're goners. I don't see any hope for them, okay? So, so what and, is... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. moment that the OCLA there would have said here. Uh, well, yeah, and I believe in miracles. So if we've got everything is possible. Right. But I see also they acknowledge that they have changed the DNA. So you have 666 in them. You're changing the, the name, yod he Vahe in the DNA to That's be right. something else. And yeah. how do you mitigate that? I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. But with God, with Yahweh, everything is possible. Yeah. So if we, if they truly in their heart repent and using those, maybe those detoxes, maybe then Yahweh will then help. Right. Them. Well, but we pray for know. them. Yeah, that they should. And, uh, you know, but uh, if you're really part of the beast system, like, for example, if you're a Jew, <laughs> right, and uh, there's no way you're, you're going to accept Yahshua Messiah, if you're a Jew, it's not possible. So I think I can count all the Jews historically who have declared their faith in Jesus Christ on one hand, on one hand, right? That's how little hope there is for Jews. And of course, Edomites, the book says the Edomites will be destroyed in the Revelation, I'm sorry, Matthew 13, uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares, it says, gather the tares first so that they can be burned. We will see them burn. And that's what's going to happen to Mystery Babylon as well. So, I mean, all these prophecies come to play in these latter days. I don't see how it can get any worse than it is today. They're pulling out all the stops. They are bombarding us with all these chemicals to try to poison us and try to affect our DNA. It's a, the battleground is our DNA. Okay? I don't, I don't think it could put any plainer than that. Okay? So, but yeah. about this thousand years. So, this thousand years, as we have been saying, is the period from 800 AD when Charlemagne prohibited fractional reserve banking in the empire, right? That lasted a thousand years, and the, the Reformation occurred during this thousand-year period. And these are the saints who resisted, who resisted both the Roman Catholic Church and Jewish usury during all this time. They, they maintained their faith and obeyed the law of Scripture because it talks about the righteous. The righteous people will survive, not the mere believers, but the righteous will survive. Okay, and boy, it's going to take all of the strength of your soul and your mind and your body to fight against this beast system as it exists today, right? Right now, the the primary battle is mentally, all right? Are you afraid to be criticized uh, because you uh, because you name the Jew as the viper? as the, uh, the synagogue of Satan? <laughs> Are you afraid to say that publicly? Well, then you're afraid. You know, as you said, Michael, we are the most hated people on the face of the earth because we name the Jew as the real enemy of Yahshua Messiah. They put him to death 2,000 years ago. Do you think they have changed their stripes? No, the, no. because Aleppo doesn't change his box. That's right. All right. Okay. So please continue uh, from today's perspective. 
Yeah, so from today's perspective, the saints and martyrs of the Protestant Reformation, the first resurrection, are already in heaven, i.e. qualified for eternal life. Although it is disembodied state, they are, like us, waiting for judgment day to come about to bring in the air of eternal life so that they can be resurrected in the flesh. When we will be given bodies surrounded and protected by the Holy Spirit, this protection will give our literal flesh bodies an immortal status, which is what Yahweh had intended for Adam and Eve before they fell. Some of us will actually live through the great tribulations and judgment day and be thus glorified. This is what Paul means when he says, we, the living, will meet those disembodied souls, the dead, in the clouds. That is 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Okay, so here, let me go there, because I don't think I quoted here, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.17. And so, but uh, please continue with the next couple of paragraphs while I look that up. Yeah, so, praise Yahweh. I can't wait for the day, (laughs) even though it may be dreadful and terrible to behold. It is. (laughs) Its remnant will be saved. Since verses 4 to 6 describe the martyrdom of the Reformation at the hands of the Catholic Church. These verses are also a flashback to those days. So while the Catholic Church reigned as a sixth beast, the dragon was imprisoned in the underworld for a thousand years. This is a historical event. The dragon is Satan, but since Judaism is the synagogue of Satan, this verse is telling us that the power of the synagogue of Satan will be curtailed for a thousand years. The spirit of Judas is the Babylonian Talmud and its Babylonian debt user system. Oh, amen to that. That yeah. is what they thrive yeah. upon, right. what they live upon. Debt user system. Okay, all right, Satan, all right. hold on. I've got yeah. that verse, so let me read from it and uh, we'll continue. And uh, so... Uh, I'll start with verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord, well, this is actually a reference to Yahshua Messiah. For Yahshua himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And that's going to be a great earthquake, folks. (laughs) The the, uh, Feast of Trumpets. It's going to be a very loud shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And with the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay, so that's talking about those who have all the dearly departed who are going to come back to life and come back with him at the judgment day in the cloud, so called, right? Uh, the cloud, they are the cloud, the cloud of witnesses. Verse 17. Then we which are alive or in our mortal flesh bodies and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, this, I think it's figurative language to talking about getting into the kingdom, right? Verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. We're trying, <laughs> right? But in the midst of tribulation where it'll get so bad that there'll be a wailing and a gnashing of teeth, a wailing and a gnashing of teeth, that's how bad it's going to be. None of these people will be raptured out of it 
everybody must endure the tribulation to one extent or another. Okay, back to you. Then a question. Yeah. Do you say that endure this tribulation? But if they coerce, if they, what do you say, if they go along with this, if they take the shot to do everything, it's just to confine to the world. Hmm. Yeah, well, they will have tribulation because they will probably get very sick and die of it. But still, they don't feel so much tribulation, I think. Well, we're all feeling it. One year, we're all getting sick from all of the chemtrails. They're trying their best. If they can't kill us, they're trying to how should I put it? Uh, you know, break our spirits by making us sick all the time, right? So one way or another, every Christian, every white Christian, every one of the Israelites in the flesh are going to be suffering one way or another because they're trying to kill us, right? Yeah, so, but, but if you're, my point is more, if you're not aware of this, if you're not aware right. of this, this that COVID and the shots are yeah. part of this tribulation, I think you and me and the listeners are maybe more in tribulation than what they are. I don't know if there's a difference. I just try to see that <sighs> if you know this truth, then you see also the tribulation, of course, but those that are, I don't know. Maybe I'm on wrong wrong track. No, no, no. No, no. You're absolutely right. Well, Peter says judgment begins with the house of, of, of Israel. Okay? So we Israelites are going to be experiencing all of this tribulation. You know, well, pretty much first. Because why? Because we are the main target. We are the main target. And so but I also believe that we individual Israelites will suffer for others just as Yahshua suffered for us. And if we can take up a little bit of their tribulation for them by, you know, by commiserating with them, by praying for them, etc., etc., then, uh, you know, our work, I think that's our work, is to just keep informing them of what this is all about. And they have to believe in righteousness. They, they can't be believing that mere belief is going to get them into the kingdom or the rapture. And they're sitting around on their couches waiting to be raptured. Well, they can wait forever. It's not going to happen, right? So sooner or later, they will have to be informed of Christian identity and informed of what the re- who the real enemy is and who they are that they if they're Caucasians they're Israelites they have to accept that and if they could continue to reject that truth then I don't see any way out for them I just don't okay mm-hmm. uh, so, so yeah, yeah okay but uh, I don't see you know, yeah because uh, even Paul says we're all sinners. We have sinned somewhere along the line, and therefore we have to accept a little tribulation because of our sins. Even, you know, a lot of us have sinned in the past, and we have wiped out the memory of how we have sinned, but we still have to pay. For, unless we repent for those sins, we still have to pay in one form or another. Okay? That's how I see it. Make sense to you, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, everybody's all sinned, and then probably get a lot of... <laughs> Tribulations, trials, and everything because of it. So, yeah, right. we have to learn. It's not going to kill us, but we still have to pay the penalty for it because every every word we speak is recorded. So if you have a nasty word for your brother or sister, then that is recorded and you have to pay for that, right? One way or another. You either repent of it or you pay for it. Okay? 
that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Do okay. you want to keep on reading? This, okay. All right. This, uh, We're, uh, okay. So, all right. From uh, uh, okay. For where did you leave off? Because Satan I, is the spirit that animates Mr. Babylon. Okay. Got it. Let me start the whole paragraph over. So the spirit of Judaism is the Babylonian Talmud and its Babylonian debt usury system. Okay? If you don't understand that, you don't understand the latter chapters of the book of Revelation. Okay? And the mass, vast majority of Judeo-Christian ministers are mute, absolutely mute on this subject. Satan is the spirit that animates Mystery Babylon, Revelation 17, verses 1 through 5. During the era of the Holy Roman Empire, the Jewish debt usury system was held in check, unable to prey upon whole Christian nations. Although the Jews were able to establish small-scale usury operations within the duchies and earldoms of the Holy Roman Empire, those, those nobility who got in debt through gambling or whatever they had economic distress, many of those would turn to local Jewish moneylenders and get themselves in debt. However, the Jews were not able to lend money to entire nations as they do today and as they were doing before Charlemagne issued his edict in 800 AD. Okay, so in other words, their power was tremendously curtailed for this thousand-year period. So, but there were exceptions. Uh, they, they were the exception rather than the rule. And when it was done, it was usually done in secret against the declared policy of the papacy and the rest of the Holy Roman Empire. Now, the papacy didn't need any income from usury because they were, you know, getting all kinds of donations from the uh, oh, what was it called? You know, uh, uh, donations to the Roman Church to get your dead relatives out of purgatory, right? And that was what Martin Luther condemned because, you know, you can't pay a Catholic priest to get your dead relatives out of purgatory or out of hell, right? No, that doesn't work. Uh, First of all, the the Catholic Church is a fake church, Right, it never was really Christian, and they persecuted Christians mercilessly during this thousand-year period. So uh, that just wasn't happening. Okay, so Martin Luther condemned this practice of donating to the Catholic Church to get your dead relatives out of purgatory, and that was just a racket. That was just a Roman Catholic racket. So they didn't need usury. They were making money hand over fist from the poor Christians who were donating money for this purpose, right? So, occasionally a nobleman would need money to pay off gambling debts or to cover some expenses. And he would turn to a Jewish banker or moneylender because they really didn't have established banks where there's a Jew bank that you can go to to borrow money. They didn't have that during this period. That was reinstituted after the war of eight, after 1815. Okay? But there were roaming Jewish moneylenders around the countryside, and if one came into your town, 
uh, you know, he would offer his services to you personally and maybe to the town and uh, get the town in debt or get you in debt. And therefore, uh, and by uh, interest, charging interest and mortgage foreclosure, he could take over your property. So they were still doing that during this thousand year period, but they weren't able to lend money to nations. Okay, let's continue. He would also risk losing his property if he if he couldn't pay his debts. That is a typo. It should say couldn't. It says could, so I'll have to make a correction there. So many financially troubled noblemen did turn to Jewish moneylenders for quote-unquote help. This type of small-scale usury did go on during this period, but nothing like the banker-to-the-nation status that the Rothschilds have achieved. Okay? So, the, the, the actual, and, and Paul talks about this, and maybe we'll get to that uh, later in the document. He says, because uh, he uses the word that the uh, beast system was uh, curtailed, put off for a, th- a period. Uh, he doesn't specify a thousand years, but he says that this process was put off for a while. Okay, so uh, any questions at this point, Michael, or comment? No, I mean, that's just, this is just uh, this um, that Martin Luther saw. I mean, he saw this with the, that try to get your dead relative out of uh, out yeah. of purgatory, out of hell. And then uh, I guess also he saw this, what to say, the temple hordes, the temple hordes, the, I don't know, the prostitutes in the temple. So he saw a lot of stuff, I guess, that was, uh, yeah. uh, that he really rejected. Yeah, I think they were called the indulgences, the indulgences. So that's the money you contributed to the Catholic Church to get your dead relatives out of out of purgatory, right? And that was a racket. You know, a Catholic tr- priest cannot forgive sins. Right? So confession is another one of those rackets. Right? He doesn't have the power to forgive sins. He pretends to, but uh, no no one has been saved from hell by uh, a Catholic priest forgiving your sins. No, that is between you and Yahweh, and of course you and Yahshua. That's the only way. Okay, so so let me get back to, to this. Alright, so uh, okay, alright, there were times when the local banking operation expanded into a citywide business, and this is when the uh, the czars of Russia had to step in and put an end to it because they were they were putting uh, you know like small towns into debt and depriving the people of their money. So uh, let me just read through it. The city states of medieval Europe were essentially independent states. Due to the nature of the feudalistic system, peasants were tied to their plots of land, and travel was restricted. Besides armies, only noblemen, merchants, and church leaders traveled extensively. And this was often dangerous due to the highwaymen and renegades in the countryside. The fact that the Jews were repeatedly driven out of these city-states is proof that they were not able to gain a major foothold within them. Both church and monarchy strictly forbade the practice of usury, which had always been the exclusive province of the Jews and still is. During this time, neither the papacy nor the kings and queens of the Holy Roman Empire needed any money from the Jews. This is why Queen Isabella had no difficulty evicting the Jews from Spain. She could have held, she could have had them all killed. 
Spain was rich in gold and other goods from the spoils of colonialism. To Isabella, the Jews were a pestilence, so she got rid of the past. Would that governments today could so easily get rid of the pestilence. The other monarchies procured all the money they needed through taxation and donations, and the church delivered its income from the various monarchies. Also, the Roman Catholic Church derived income from the selling of indulgences, the collection basket, and from the spoils of war, which would include the Crusades. Given this economic situation, the eighth beast could not emerge until the prohibition against usury were lifted. And this began to happen under Napoleon, who both liberated the Jews from the ghetto system and created the opportunity for the Rothschilds to lend money to Christian nations for the purpose of making war against Napoleon. Okay? So, let me just read the next paragraph here, and then we'll discuss this. It was not until after the Napoleonic Wars that the Christian, that Christian Europe collectively dropped its guard against Jewish usury. Is that a fair statement, Michael? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You see here, this what you say. Them, uh, yeah, because uh, and that's our downfall that we have dropped this guard against this usury. Right, right. And the the ghetto system was not created by the Christian world. That was part of Jewish uh, functioning. You know, since the uh, uh, since the collapse of uh, Jewry in Palestine. You know, when the, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, the rabbis of Judaism had to make sure to keep their Jewish flock together wherever they happened to be. Otherwise, they were afraid that they would become Christians, right? So the Jewish ghetto system was begun already right then in 70 AD, and it, continued, and it continues today because the Jews do not assimilate, all right? The rabbis have to keep a, a tight control on their flock, and it's called the ghetto system. It still exists today, and because otherwise the rabbis are afraid that their people will assimilate. Because it's, it's much nicer to live in a Christian world than to live in a Jewish world, because it's a mafia-style world. It's fraught yeah. with evil, right? And then it, I don't know if, how New York is, isn't that very oh. close to it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all constant complaints in the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the rabbinical system by the, its victims, you know, because they, they keep a very, very tight control and they have their own law. They have rabbinical law, which punishes Jews who go out of line. Yet at the same time, they're constantly complaining about rabbis who molest children and nothing is done about it. Right? Even in the yeah. Jewish ghetto, especially in the Jewish ghetto, all right. So th- this and this is what the uh, czars of Russia were trying to eliminate: this Jewish ghetto system by giving them the pale, where they could operate as Jews freely as they wished, right? But uh, the Jews weren't happy with that because that deprived the Jews of the host. And the parasite requires a host to survive, right? There's no way the Jews can live among themselves. They have to have a host to live in, among, in order to prosper. That's why the Israeli state has not expanded one iota since the Jews took it over in 1948. 
Exactly. And those, I mean, very conservative views, I don't know what the name was on them. Yeah. Uh, right. those, those that um, are the leading one in their in their system, there are more of them in New York than it is in Israel. Right, exactly. There are more Jews in New York City than in the Israeli state. Right. And there's more Jews outside of the Israeli state, probably a hundred times more than live there. And they're not going to move to the Israeli state. Because they're parasites and they need to parasitize off the Christian host. Because of why? Because white Christians are the most prosperous people on the face of the earth, always have been. And they feed off of our wealth by stealing it from us. Through, 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 through their scams. And usury is the biggest scam of all. Okay? So let's continue. Austria, Italy, Spain, and the various German principalities were forced to borrow money from Jewish bankers in order to pay for their national defense against Napoleon's marauding armies. So Napoleon inadvertently let the beast loose, right? The beast of fractional reserve banking. Russia especially had a strict policy against usury. And many pogroms against Jews occurred in Russia after Jewish moneylenders defied the law and pauperized the peasants with their moneylending activities. The czars of Russia never did borrow a dime from any Jewish moneylenders. Isn't that the top crime as far as the Jews are concerned, to not borrow money from them? No, yeah, I guess that's why the Tsar was so hated by them because they didn't want to have a central bank. And if you compare the the prosper the what I say the taxation um, percentage upon different nations between the Tsar and the, for example, Germany have a central bank and also then England. Well, come on, the Tsar had maybe three percent, five percent, and then those one were higher taxation, maybe twenty five percent taxation because (laughs) the Jews had to steal. And but the Tsar was not into that business. He was very noble. They had a very noble yes. and very forefronted economic system before they were yeah, butchered by the, the Jewish Bolsheviks. Amen. So therefore, Russia was targeted by the Jews with a campaign of assassination. And this had been going on actually for a couple of hundred years until they, they finally got sick of assassinating. Uh, they took the, the whole country over with the Bolshevik coup. Right, And, of course, through their uh, control of media in the West, they put all the blame, oh, the czars are so evil and they're, they're uh, you know, to- controlling the peasants. No, the czars were liberating the peasants from the feudalistic system. They were well into the uh, process of turning the peasants, you know, the, the peasants uh, of feudalism, into landowners, owning their own farms. That's what the czars were doing. They were liberating the peasants, not enslaving them. So it's nothing but lies coming from the Jewish press. Okay? So, the czars of Russia never did borrow a dime from any Jewish moneylenders. That's the crime of all crimes. And then what did Hitler do? He threw the... Yeah, go ahead. He was the only one in history... I think, that put a Jewish Rothschild in prison. And that was in Austria when they right. lost. And then yeah. he, he also outmaneuvered them by his economic system, by instead of having gold or silver, just backing it, he backed his yeah. currency with the, working, with the working power of the German people. And how did he do the forging and trades? Well, they did barter. So right. he also outmaneuvered them there. So yeah. 
I mean, he he really thought about this, and that was, I mean, when you read about his early year, he was like a very deep soul that really read a lot. He wanted to know what was going on, and he did figure out. Yeah. He also figured out a system how to outmaneuver them, and I guess that's why he is the biggest yeah. shift for the Jews ever existed. Right, right. Well, after after the Tsars, uh, Adolf Hitler was the biggest pain in the side of the Jewish bankers, right? He kicked the Jewish bankers out of Germany. Right? He kicked the moneylenders out. And for that crime, he had to suffer. And so they, they planned a war against Germany as a result. Okay? That's all you need to know. All right? So, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Germany had to barter with other countries to get the goods. You know, however, you know, once the war started, Hitler made several mistakes, <laughs> right? So his generals had to scratch their heads. Why, why, why did he let the British go at, uh, oh, Verdun? No, it wasn't Verdun. Uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, right. Uh, at Dunkirk, uh, his generals were mystified why, why Hitler would let them go. And uh, because he considered them white people, he didn't want to make war against the white people, you know. He invaded Poland because, the uh, the Russians were still that were there, you know. The the, the Soviets were there, etc. But he bit off way more than he could chew. All right, he was way too ambitious, and he should have he should have used a program of utilizing the friends he had in Eastern Europe, and he had many friends there because they they hated the Jews just as much as the Germans did, right? He should have taken advantage of that. And then invading Russia just before winter, he duplicated the mistake of Napoleon. Right? Yeah, but what I understand, that invasion was a preemptive strike because it also said in a book called The Icebreaker that um, at the same time, the Soviets were preparing a big invasion of Europe. Right, they were. Their their lines were very shallow because they were preparing to invade Europe. Had not Hitler done it at that time, whole of Europe would have been overflown by by red but, Soviet uh, the Soviet Union. So he yeah. he made a preemptive strike, and that was why also right. had so many prisoners because they were they were planning to attack invade. So they were overshallow yes. in their formations. Yes, I agree. Uh, so they forced his hand, right? So yeah, right. Okay, very good. So let's continue. Uh, for this insolence, that is not borrowing any money from the Jews and not allowing the Jews to establish a bank in Russia. For this insolence, Jacob Schiff, a Rothschild banker agent, financed the Japanese against Russia during the Japanese-Russian War. This is to soften Russia up. Later, the Rothschilds financed the Bolshevik coup, which was nothing else than Jewish vengeance taken out against Christian Russia. Okay? Anything else is a lie. Whatever the Jews have to say about that episode is a lie. They are the principal invaders of Russia. Okay, they are. Yeah, they are very have a very. I don't know if the English was long since. Yes. They remember stuff very long time. Oh, they yeah, they, they never forgive and they never forget, <laughs> right? Exactly, that's what I'm going to say, yeah. Yes, they never forgive and they never forget. They're all about vengeance. Judaism vengeance. is a religion of vengeance. All right, let's and continue. Why don't, why don't you pick it, pick it up from there? I will. And okay. also, that's a comment also on Scripture, because doesn't Yahweh say, vengeance is mine? Right, right. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, and Barbara reminded me something uh, last night when I interviewed her because uh, she talked about uh, 200 Years Together by Solzhenitsyn. Uh, 
And in that book, he stated that the Jews were the ones responsible for the Bolshevik Revolution, and that many of these Jews were returning exiles, Jews who had been kicked out by by either the czars or you know kicked out of Europe from other Eastern European countries and returning to Russia, and they were not Russians at all. They were simply Jews who had uh, you know migrated to other countries and had prepared to invade Russia once Russia was weak enough to be invaded. Okay, so uh, Solzhenitsyn understood this. And his book, 200, year, 200 Years Together, has been suppressed all this time, although I understand that portions of it have been published in recent years. Back to you. Yes, exactly. And um, yes, and I also saw a comment in the chat room, I can, can also comment on was this, that Hitler's Soviet Union plans were delayed because of he had to help Mussolini in Greece. Yeah, there yeah. was seven of none. And that is, uh, yeah, that yeah. is... True, yeah. because he had to help Mussolini. They, the Italians yeah. weren't the same fighters. As they weren't the same Germans fighters. Are yeah, the, they are yeah. the best warriors we have. Yeah, the Italians stopped to drink wine along the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they were not yeah. the fierce fighters that the Germans were. Yeah, and Mussolini himself was an idiot. Right? Not a friend of Germany. Yeah. Okay, let's then continue. Yes. So, and the Napoleonic War was finally over. Europe was devastated and in great debt to one Jewish banking family, in particular the Rothschilds. War where Europe, now heavily in debt to the Rothschilds and other Jewish bankers, was forced to continue doing businesses with the devil. Thus, it was the Holy Roman Empire which had held um, this dragon in check. And it lasted from 800 AD until about 1804 AD or just a little over a thousand years. Yeah, and I guess you probably come to this after this Napoleonic War because you have this conference at Vienna, I think, when, right. when Rothschild tries the first one-world government, but the Russian yeah. Tsar said, hell no, I have too much gold. So right, exactly. Yeah, I don't, need, I don't need these Jewish money lenders. So Russia stood pat, you know, against yes. inviting Jewish money lenders into, into Russia. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. I will continue. Number seven. When and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosened out of his prison. Okay. So let's examine what happened. The oh, whole uh, world has been thrust into the grip of Jewish moneylenders after this thousand years. Does yeah, does the, where we are now? He is. Uh, he has been loosened. Yes. And he is deceiving the whole world. Yes, and has enslaved the world with the fractional reserve banking system. I don't think there's any country in the world that is now outside the grip of that system, even the Muslim countries. Because, well, for example, Saudi Arabia is actually run by crypto Jews and have always been the allies of Israel. And the other Muslim countries, their leadership are fake Muslims. They don't practice Islam at all, but they rule over countries that where practicing Muslims live, right? But they also do business with the Rothschilds, right? And you know, their, uh, their whole oil industry, they have to do business with the Rothschilds because they, they need to put their money somewhere, 
<laughs> you know, you can only buy so many gold Cadillacs, right, with your money. So they they uh, put their money in uh, in Jewish banks to earn interest, right? Or they invest it on the stock market, which is a Jewish cre- creation. So there really is no country on the face of the earth that hasn't done business with the Rothschilds. Back to you. Yeah, that's unfortunately how it is now. Yeah. So the Napoleonic Wars were the death knell of the Holy Roman Empire. The final nail was hammered into the coffin in 1804. What happened in the year 1804? It was during the uh, Napoleonic Wars that Napoleon issued order that the Jews living in their various countries should be liberated from the ghettos. Furthermore, they were to receive equal citizenship with Christians, thus overturning centuries of anti-Jewish tradition. This was a very unpopular move by Napoleon, but it earned him um, some much-needed capital to continue funding the war. Many anxious Jewish communities readily paid bribes to Napoleon's army to acquire uh, this highly uh, coveted uh, liberty. Realizing the army's need for these provisional funds, Napoleon uh, uh, quipped, quote, an army travels on its stomach, end of quote. This was a quid pro quo between the Jewish ghettos and Napoleon. Few history books mention this exchange of funds for ghetto liberations because for the Jewish community, it was most certainly a policy of bribery. And this is too embarrassing for modern Jews to admit, as they are always denying that they use their money to manipulate nations through bribery or extortion. If they admit that they did it once, the natural question is, quote, how often do you do this? And quote, the Jewish ghettos were willing to pay and Napoleon needed the money. History books never mention the fact that the Jewish control of international finance is the true source of international strife. Yep, yep. So, near the conclusion of the first stage of the Napoleonic Wars, and at the height of his, of his imperial power, it uh, came time for Napoleon to be crowned as the new Holy Roman Emperor, since Charlemagne was first crowned on Christmas Day in 800 AD by Pope Leo III. All of the succeeding emperors had been crowned by the contemporary reigning Pope. The scene was set in Paris, France, 1804. The reigning Pope was uh, Pius the uh, Seventh. Yeah. Um, as the se- um, uh, ceremony to crown Napoleon proceeded, Pope Pius VII lifted the crown, intending to place it upon Napoleon's head. But in one uh, of history's most bizarre moments, the assembled audience stood uh, aghast as Napoleon snatched the crown out of the Pope's hand. He then crowned himself uh, with his own two hands. This act symbolized two very important facts. The Pope no longer had the power to crown monarchs, and Napoleon was declaring his independence from the Holy Roman Empire. There you go. There you go. So, very similarly, uh, Pontius Pilate washed his hands of the entire proceedings when the Pharisees wanted to execute Christ. All right. Very, very important public demonstration by Pontius Pilate of what, because he declared him innocent. Pontius Pilate declared Jesus innocent of anything numerous times. 
Yet the Jews still insist that Rome executed Christ and not the Jews. All right, so the question is, are you going to believe the Bible or are you going to believe the Jews? Well, you should, of course, believe the scriptures and the Bible because we should serve God, not men. Because believing Jews, we are believing men and serving them. So the scriptures. Yes. Amen. So, so many Christians still believe the Jews when they deny their guilt. But they are guilty. Absolutely. Yes. Very good. Okay. That is also part of this this human robots. They want to fit in. Oh. They have to fit in. They have to smile to you, fake smile to you, because they want to fit in. They are so they are so afraid of their own being. They right. have to be with everybody else and always fit in. They can't stand to being alone because they don't <laughs> see the hideous spirit they have created within themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they want to be worshipped. They, they want to be. They want to rule their own universe, just as Lucifer. That's why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven in the first place. You know, and so they have his genetic material in them through through Nachash and through Cain. Right. If you don't understand that aspect of the Bible, you don't understand what the Jewish people really are. They are Cain's and Nahash's offspring. Okay? So, uh, please continue. Yes. So, the handwriting was on the wall. The HRE was at an end. Uh, By releasing the Jews from their ghettos, Napoleon had opened up the bottomless pit, which contained all the evils of the Babylonian Jewish debt, Jewish system. Revelation 21 state that the angel was restrained Satan had a great chain in his hand. It is an interesting fact of ghetto history that most of the Jewish ghettos um, strewn about in Europe had curfews placed upon them. The Jews could come out of their ghettos during daylight hours um, to do certain kinds of businesses. But Jewish was forbidden. Most of these ghettos had gates which were raised and lowered with great chains, symbolizing their confinements in the ghetto. The youths would would have to return to their ghettos before nightfall, before the gates were shut. Otherwise, they would be liable to prosecution. Okay, so like demons, (laughs) they had to return to their ghettos at night, before nightfall, right? And this was the ghetto system. They were confined overnight into the ghetto, and they were let out in the morning uh, to do business. Otherwise, you know, they w- couldn't survive. So they had to go out and, well, for, for example, Rothschild himself, Meyer Amschel Rothschild, was a dealer in coins. And so that's how he made his money. He sold coins to the rich people in Frankfurt. And one of these was the uh, elector of Hesse, who was at the time the richest man in Europe, probably in the world. Okay? He had made money by uh, was farming out German soldiers, the Hessian soldiers, to the British during the war in 1776 here in America. So he was making money by renting German troops to the British to fight against the Americans. Okay, so the British would pay him to to rent German soldiers. Can you imagine us like, oh, our Vietnam soldiers were being forced to fight against this pipsqueak country called Vietnam, which uh, uh, 
earned us absolutely nothing, but the Jews made huge profits on the international exchanges during the war. Right? That's all that war was about. Same with our civil war. It was just a means of exterminating white people and making Jews rich. All right? That's all it was, folks. We are fighting to the death against, well, Yahweh declared the enmity between these two bloodlines, the bloodline of Cain and the bloodline of Seth. Our people have to understand that's what this war is all about and defend our race accordingly. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, and I mean, that was also told by Smedley Butler, this high-ranking general in your army that said that war is a racket because he realized it when it came very high up that after we have left, the big mist has come in. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, so please continue. While you're reading, I'm going to try to find that verse in Paul that's relevant to this uh, this prophecy. I'm scanning the document. I'm not sure if it's in this document, but uh, uh, please continue. Okay, thank you. So, okay. we can easily see how this shutting up and loosing of Satan is directly related to the establishment of the Jewish ghetto system by the great shame and this eventual removal. The House of Rothschild was founded in the ghetto of Frankfurt, Germany. It is this monetary beast let loose from the Frankfurt ghetto, which today controls the economy of the whole world, utilizing their um, hereditary control of international banking as a means of world conquest. This same beast created the United Nations Organization, which speaks in the name of peace, but which makes war for profit. It is this beat, beat, beast um, which is currently deceiving the whole world, Revelation 12, 9. It was Napoleon who opened the door for the House of Rothschild and their Jewish ba- banker friends to uh, take over Europe with their uh, nefarious banking and warmongering practices. And as I say, also, this United Nations organization is today the one, the one word government tool they try to push now. Right. Uh, for example, the health, that now we should all should abide their health regulations and all the nations give their sovereignty to United Nations to rule our, how yeah. we're handling, for example, pandemic in the future. Right. Right. Yeah. So the sovereignty of nations is really at an end because virtually every politician in America has, especially Joe Biden, turned turned our sovereignty over to the Rothschilds and, and the United Nations. Okay, that's the fact, folks. And there's a verse in Scripture which is totally misunderstood uh, by Paul, where he says the, uh, the 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 days of the Gentiles will be over. That's not Gentiles, folks. It's nations. The days of nations will be over, and they are over, folks, because. Every virtually every nation on the face of the earth has now subsumed itself under the United Nations, okay, and given its sovereignty to the Rothschilds. Back to you. Yeah, that's basic what has happened now. Um, so those those nations you see are basically corporations, but people don't they're corporations. Know that. Yes, they're corporations. Right. Excellent. Yes. Okay. So this is what thousand years in the bottomless pit is all about. It has already happened. It is not an event that takes place after the Judgment Day. Yeah, it is a part of the Judgment Day. 
Okay. And, uh, we're getting ready to, to witness it. You know, they're, they're doing everything possible to destroy us, the true Christian Israelites. But as long as a remnant of us is, stays awake and fights against the beast, there's no way the beast can d- destroy us because Yahweh will protect his righteous saints. He will. Yes. Okay. He said it. Yeah. So the reign of the eighth beast is the little season of verses three from the establishment of the fifth Rothschild banks in Europe until the judgment day. All of these things were fulfilled during the reign of Napoleon. Now Satan has been loosed from his chains. He has used the house of Rothschild to deceive the nations ever since. In 1815, the Rothschild tried to exploit the Congress of Vienna in order to set up their dream of a global financial empire. The delegates of the Congress of Vienna were lavishly entertained in the homes of Jewish bankers who had become fanatically rich, nay, fantastically rich, during the chaos of the Napoleonic War. These Jewish bankers realized that the Congress of Vienna was a great opportunity to hawk for customers. Right. May, May Rothschild, even dreaming of revenge against uh, revenge against Christian Europe, saw the Congress as an opportunity to control the economics of the nations. Using such a centralized medium of finance, the Jews could gain influence on the national and international politics of the nations. Okay, so have uh, the nations uh, been deceived or not? Oh, yeah. And by whom? Well, the, the Jewish banking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, uh, again, this is not taught by any Judeo-Christian ministry. They simply ignore all of these economic and well, they're also spiritual facts and also racial facts. They simply ignore all this. Because why? As 501c3 corporations, they cannot reveal the facts that we're revealing here. He cannot. They will lose any preacher who does, will lose the pension he has earned from that denomination. Yes. Lose it. So, right. do you want to read the last part in this article to get down to the heading a bit further below? That is the Satan oh, yeah. Hand? Yeah, because uh, we're, uh, we're only about eight minutes left. So, yeah. So, Vienna, Congress of. International Congress held in Vienna September 1814 to June. Was that some September 11th by any way? <laughs> September 1814 to June 1815. So this was quite a long conference. To reestablish, or, well, okay, to establish peace and, or I'm quoting here. So let me, let me quote it. To reestablish peace and order in Europe after the Napoleonic Wars. The Congress met at the Apollo Sal, built by the English-born Jew, Sigmund Wolfson, and the delegates were often entertained during the course of the proceedings in the salons of Jewish hostesses, such as Fanny von Arnstein and Cecily Eskeles. This is from the Encyclopedia Judaica, volume 16, 1972, page 132. There is not much information extant about the Congress of Vienna, but nevertheless, there is enough to reveal the fact that the Jews wanted it. Okay? It was their first attempt to establish a one-world government or a United Nations-type organization. You can bet that while these Jewish hostesses were serving matzo ball soup, the Jewish bankers were offering government officials loans of all types with usurious strings attached. Uh, 
Realizing what power such a Congress could give organized banking, the Rothschilds kept organizing more such events, which eventually resulted in the League of Nations. When that failed, due to America's rejection of the plan, the United Nations was finally established by the Rothschilds on June 26, 1945. Alger Hiss, a Soviet Zionist spy, worked on the UN Charter with Nelson Rockefeller, a capitalist Zionist banker, arranged for its headquarters to be set up in New York City. The Rockefellers donated the property, but the American taxpayer has been paying for this satanic Trojan horse ever since. So, question, Michael. Has there been a moment's peace in the world since the recreation of the United Nations organization? No. More war for more money for them. So, no, that was it's just, just um, fraud, as usual, this this UN. It's a fraud. It's something that is something part of the eight beast that yes. when Yeshua returns, he will burn it. Yeah, amen. It will burn. Right? But it's amazing that anybody believes the propaganda that the United Nations is a peaceful or peace-working op- operation. It has been nothing of the kind. It actually has supported communism wherever communism exists against real capitalism, that is capitalism uh, practiced here in America, where the government is supposed to support free enterprise, but no other country has ever supported that. America is really the only free enterprise company or nation that has ever existed. Okay, everything else is socialism. So, but now we have socialism in America too, because both both the Republicans and the Democrats have sold out to the Jewish globalist system. All right. So, and I think I can squeeze this in a short paragraph. The House of Rothschild has been deceiving the world with its one-world government designed since the demise of the Holy Roman Empire. There is no doubt that this is the little season. Of verse 3, as Meyer Amschel Rothschild put it, give me the power to issue a nation's currency and I care not who makes its laws. The UNO makes greasing the palms of the world's bureaucrats very easy for they are all assembled in the one place perpetually. He who controls the world's bank accounts determines how the money is spent. Once the people of the world understand who this devil is, they will be amazed. Considering how mythology and movies condition us to imagine the devil as a fearsome, snarling beast with uh, horns and a tail, with, right? Uh, it will be somewhat anticlimactic to realize that he is merely a five foot three inch hunchback with varicose veins named Rothschild. Okay, Isaiah 14. I'll give you the privilege of reading that verse. Isaiah 14, 16 through 17, Michael. Yes, so, thank you. Yes. Quote, They that see thee shall narrow look upon thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof? End of quote. Yes, so when the world realizes that uh, the devil, the Antichrist, and its various incarnations, 
are nothing but this stinking little Jew, <laughs> right? He he's like the uh, Wizard of Oz, standing behind the curtains pulling the strings. Why? Because he hires assassins assassins to assassinate any politician who might buck the system, right? And all yeah. of the world's politicians live in fear of being so assassinated. However, you know, in Libya, uh, what was his name? Uh, the, the head Gaddafi. Of Gaddafi did try to buck the system. He tried to, uh, you know, go against the Rothschilds and create a gold-backed system, a currency. Well, look what happened to him. Yeah, he yeah he he has the audacity to try to use his own currency, those gold backers. He yeah. loved gold. That's right. No, no, no. You can't use your gold to finance your economy. No, no, no. The Rothschilds will not permit that. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Path to test the ammunition, and please share this information with your Israelite friends and relatives. They need to know these things. All right. Thank you very much. Praise Yahweh. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you very much. Yahweh bless you all. Yahweh bless you all. Take care. Bye-bye.